Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would like to thank you for joining me again for a very exciting teaching today. I'm excited about this teaching because it has really been an, an encouragement and a motivation to me. Just to know that God is the restorer and that God will make all things new again is such a motivation to me and such an encouragement. Because throughout life, many times, we have rebelled against God, we have sinned, we have missed God. And because of this, we have allowed Satan to come in and the thief that has come in has come to kill, to steal and to destroy, according to John 10 verses 10. And we know whenever Satan gets an opportunity, Satan will come in and he will, he will destroy everything before him. And Satan throughout the Bible, when we look from the Old Testament, whenever Satan, whenever Israel sinned, it gave the enemy an opportunity. And we see through this opportunity, many things has happened to Israel. They were led through many different sufferings, pain and sorrow. In the life of the child of God too, we find this. Many a times we missed the mark. Many a times we made um, emotional decisions. We made choices in, and things in life that cost us, that really did cost us. It cost us pain, cost us sorrow, it cost us great losses. Maybe some of the things that we have done that, um, that has affected us throughout life. But the good news that we have today is that God is the restorer. And I'm telling you, when digging into this text and studying the message and preparing and finding things and just putting it together through insight, revelation and study, I came to understand that, you know, God wants to restore us. God wants to restore his children. God loves us so much that God even made, he made, he made this provision for us that knowing that when we do miss the mark and when we do go off track, that he will bring us back on track. The Bible calls it in the book of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible speaks about chastisement. And the Bible says God chastises those whom he loves. And that is so amazing because if God loves me, God will chastise me when I'm out of order or when I'm out of line. And we know that, that this happens to us as parents. The reason why we chastise our children or punish them for, for something is because we love them and we want to bring them in order. Some, and that's what happens to us many a times as children of God. When we miss the mark, when we miss God at times, God needs to chastise us sorry, to bring us back into alignment. And that, that is, that, that the, the Bible says the, 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 the process or the time of chastening is not pleasurable or, 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 or something that we enjoy, but yet it will yield the proper fruit. Our children don't enjoy the time of punishment. But one thing that punishment does, if it's done the right way, it sanctifies us. It brings us to a place of understanding, correction, and we need to turn and change our ways. And so God always dealt with Israel um, at different seasons in, in the time of Israel. God dealt with them through chastening because God loved Israel. Israel was God's, how can I say, it was like God's, God's bride. God loved them so much that God would chastise them just to bring them back in order and so when we go to a the, the book of Joel Joel was a prophet and we find this in one of the minor prophets and it's a very exciting book very small very easy um, to read because it's three chapters but very it has a great depth of 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 of, of prophecy and things that God is revealing to us through this specific book so when we look at the word restore the word restore is the returning of something or someone to their original state. The returning of something 
or someone to their original state. When we look at some of the words, um, when we look at the opposite of restores, to break, to damage, to destroy, to harm, to hurt, to injure, to kill, to ruin, or to weaken. But when we look at the word restore, which is the opposite thereof, is to fix something, to make something new, to bring back, to build up, to cure, to yield, to modernize. I like that word, to modernize. So when God restores, he also modernizes. My God, I thank you. Before we went through trouble, we were, we were, we were outdated. But as we have gone through trials in life, God has now, how can I say, has updated us and we carry now a new software, which is a modern software for what we're about to go through in life. Or we, we carry a new mindset and a new understanding. And because of this, we have been modernized. We understand that we understand the times and the seasons. Because usually when you go through things, God basically then now brings you into a place where you are, how can I say, God does a new thing within your life. Many times we don't we we are we are not grateful for what we go through. But when you look back over our lives, we come to an understanding that if we hadn't been through certain things, we would not have been where we are today. And we thank God that through these trials, these trials has worked out for our good. When Joseph said to his brothers, What you meant for evil, God turned around for the good. And that's what happens. God turns things around for the good. When we look at the word Restore, we look again at words like rebuilding, um, recall, recondition, reconstruct, recover, redeem, re-erect, re-establish. We're going to look at these words most of the time throughout 2023 because that is what God has given us for 2023 when we look at the recovery. And these are all synonyms to that particular word. And we look at renew, repair, replace. Um, a touch-up, update, win back, strengthen. And so these are words that reminds us of or, or, or synonyms that speaks about the word restore. So I want somebody to say with me, restore, restore. The prophecy in Joel was sparked by a natural disaster. A plague of locusts had hit the country. It must have been an extraordinary sight. Locusts are like big grasshoppers. In a swarm of locusts, there may be up to 600 million insects covering a 400 square miles. Hallelujah. They can eat up to 80,000 tons of food a day. So when they descend on an area, all vegetation disappears like immediately. They travel 2,000 miles per month at a speed of about between 2 or 10 miles per day for six weeks and lay 5,000 eggs per square foot. Their appetite is ferocious and their heads look like that of horses. So when we look at the time of this prophecy, there was a natural disaster that struck. But this natural disaster, when God raised up the prophet to speak, the prophet was speaking and saying to the people, this might be a natural disaster to some. But to understand this, this was actually the judgment of God upon the nation of Israel because of their disobedience. So there are times when, 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 when God will send judgment upon a place, upon a people because of their rebellion and their disobedience against God. And this we find when, when people are out of alignment to God and they don't want to come to a place of repentance or they don't want to change how they think or what they do. And so when we look at this right now, maybe we look at this message of restore, I believe that God is going to bring us back to a place where we understand that God is merciful and gracious. 
but God is waiting for us to change our direction. That is what we need to understand when we come into this message. And so when we read from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 18 to 27, so quite a few verses that we're going to read, but we're going to get understanding through this. Amen. Then the Lord be zealous for his land, and you will have pity on his people. God loved his land so much that God had pity upon the people of Israel. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I am going to send you grain, new wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied in full with them. I love that. You will be satisfied in full. When God is going to bring restoration, he will restore all. Amen. You will be satisfied in full with them, and I will never again make you a reproach amongst the nation. That is such an encouraging statement. But I will remove the northern army far from you, and I will drive it into a parched and desolate, desolate land, and its vineyard into the eastern sea, and its rear guard into the western sea, and its stench will arise, and its foul smell will come up, for it has been done it has done great things this is the enemy now rejoicing because or this is the work of the enemy that has done great things but god is the only one that can do great things no enemy should have the pride that they are able to do great things no devil or demon no no person should feel that arrogance to feel that they are able to do great things what i love about this is when god drove this army back when god drove this plague of locusts back now we remember that the bible teaches us in deuteronomy 28 that when the people of Israel sinned, they knew there were curses coming. And one of the curses was plagues. And so they knew that this now, when the prophet came and prophesied, they understood now because of their disobedience, the plague of locusts was the result thereof. But God drove this, those, this enemy back. I love this. When the enemy comes in one way, God will drive him back in three ways. Somebody needs to rejoice today because that enemy that has come in and attacked you one way, God is scattering that enemy in three ways. The Bible says in verse 21, Do not fear, O land, rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has done great things. I like that. The enemy thought it has done great things. But I'm here to prophesy and declare today that God has done great things. Children of God, get ready, for God is about to do great and mighty things in your life. Do not fear beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness have turned green, for the trees has borne its fruit, the fig tree and the vine have yielded in full. So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication, and he has poured down for you the rain, the early and the latter rain, as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Then I will make up to you for the years. Now this is the key verse in this particular text. I love this. Then I will make up to you. The other translation says, King James says, and then I will restore to you. Now this one says, then I will make up to you. I love that. I will make up to you. Oh, this, this thing, another translation says, I will repay. I will repay. God is so gracious and so merciful, man, that when we mess up, and God restores. God will even give us better than what we had before. That's the loving God that he is. This, this amazes me. This blows my mind when I think about the graciousness and the mercifulness of God. That when we disobey him and we are out of order and we this and we go our own ways. But if we are humble enough to return unto the Lord. Therefore the Bible says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people that are called by my name shall pray and humble themselves and seek my face. That I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will 
heal their land. And verses, it goes even further. And, and so powerful when you read 14, 15, and you read that Second Chronicles, how amazing God is. And when you look at how God restores and how God renews and how God does it, the Bible says, God says, I will make it up to you. I will make it up to you. Yes, I've sent the natural disaster. I've sent the plagues. But I will make it up to you. Oh God, listen to that. That the swarming locust has eaten. The creeping locust. The stripping locust. The glowing locust. My great army which I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. And, the, and praise the name of the Lord your God. Who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. The Lord, this, you know, it says it almost three times in this particular. Listen to verse 27. Thus you will know that I am the Lord and I'm in the midst of Israel. I love it when God restores his presence back unto us. Amen. Because when we draw away from God, he draws, we basically, God doesn't draw away from us. Our sin draws us away from God. And therefore, James says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. And I thank God when his presence is there, the presence of God, when the presence of God, when God restores his presence and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other and my people will never be put to shame. He says this continuously, never be put to shame. It's a promise from God today. Amen. It's a promise. Now what we're looking at today is understanding what Joel is bringing about the years that the locust has eaten. There's been a time in my life where I felt like I've lost out. And this was a, this is a rhema word for me, because this is like something, this is a word that God gave me that came alive in my spirit. As I was meditating and praying and saying, God, we're under your recovery. Lord continues to lead me through the scriptures to understand that, Lord, we're going to recover all. And then the Lord started speaking to me about restoration. And I understand that, you know, God, I've missed some things. I've done some things. And we're going to look at some of these things that we have lost. The years that the locust has eaten. We're going to look at this and I'm telling you, you're going to be blown. Your mind is going to be blown because as the Lord has revealed these things to me, I just know that God has something very, very important and powerful to speak to you in this moment right now. Amen. You need to get ready. You need to, you need to, you just need to prepare your heart and you need to have this hope today. I'm not here to bring discouragement. I'm here to bring a message of hope. I'm here to let you know, hallelujah, the years that the locust has eaten, God is able to restore. Money can be restored. Property can be restored. Broken down cars, stripped painting, and old houses can be restored. Relationships can be restored. But one thing that can never be restored is time. Therefore, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, redeem the time. Time flies and it does not return. Years pass and we never get them back. We never get them back. Yet God promises us the impossible. I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. The immediate meaning of this promise is clear. God's people had suffered the complete destruction of an entire harvest through swarms of locusts that has marched like an insect army through the fields of Israel, destroying the crops and multiplying their number as they went on. For four consecutive years, the harvest was completely wiped out. God's people were brought to their knees in no more ways than once. But the Lord became jealous of his land, verses 18, and had pity on his people. God said, behold, I'm sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. These three things are very important to the prosperity of Israel, because this was important in their day. And when God mentions all three, God is actually saying, I'm about to send you the full blessing. 
Somebody needs to get ready for the full blessing. You're about to get the full blessing. You have maybe missed out because of your disobedience. You have maybe missed out and so you lived in scarcity. You lived in lack. But God says, I'm going to give you the full blessing and you will be satisfied. So in the coming years, God said that their fields would yield an abundance and that that, that would make up for what had been lost. The threshing floor shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. The Bible says you shall eat plenty. And Job now again says these words, you will be satisfied. Now Job uses those words shame about three to four times in that in that verses 18 to 27. And then he uses the word satisfied about two to three times, meaning that God is now bringing us into a place of satisfaction where there was shame. I'm here to declare to somebody today, God is about to turn your shame into being into a place of satisfaction you're about to feel satisfied you're about to come into a place of satisfaction somebody needs to say amen i'm about to come into a place of satisfaction thank you big thanks be to god hallelujah the word satisfaction speaks about giving or enjoying a state of comfort so when we come into a place of satisfaction, we are coming into a place of enjoyment and a place of this, of a, or, 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 how can I say, a state of comfort. Hallelujah. A state of comfort. My God. Words that we look at for the word satisfaction speaks about atonement, atonement, amends, achievement. Hallelujah. Speaks about cheerfulness, comfort, compensation. Oh, this is amazing. Hallelujah. It speaks about um, things like delight, um, enjoyment, fulfillment, gladness, fortune, mm, 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 gratification. It speaks about uh, it speaks about relief. I cannot read all of these meanings. Amen. But it speaks about well-being and, and it speaks about all of these wonderful things. Reward. And this is what God is saying. I'm going to fill you. You're going to be satisfied. I declare that this new year, this new season will be a season of satisfaction as you return unto the Lord with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Some of us might have been out of the world for eight years, nine years, ten years. Maybe you've been out of the world for a lifetime. But God is saying, yet now I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Hallelujah. The locust. Hallelujah. The locust. How many years of our lives has been consumed by the locust? That is a very important question how many years of our lives has been consumed by the locust lost years of our lives what do lost years look like for us lost years our locust years are that are that you can't get back and they come in many different forms and i'm going to look at some of the i'm going to look at some of the lost years that we have experienced as people and i trusted god for some common things that most of us has gone through in life and these are some of the lost years that many of us has experienced glory be to god a majority of humanity has experienced this these type of lost years number one the lost years are fruitless years a lot of hard work was done in these years. The locust has eaten after everything was destroyed. The people must have told, must have told all this work and what do I have to show for it? Some of us know this pain in the world of business, in the world of life, in the world of ministry, with your children. We have this thing when we have had a failed venture, a bad investment, a misguided policy and all the effort that you put in day to day, month, for month, month by month, year by year, led only to a massive disappointment. You think, what has come of all my time 
and all my effort hallelujah fruitless years the next thing about about lost years is the lost years is the painful years is years where you're thinking of those you have lost maybe you have lost loved ones you had plans for the future but now you fear the coming years may be empty you are thinking also of those who live with illness in the body or the mind you assume that you would always be able to do what you needed used to do you have to find a way to live with the disappointment that you can't anymore those are lost years lost years are selfish years these are years and this is a story about a young man called jim hallelujah who made a commitment to christ but he didn't run very deep faith in jesus was a slice of the big pie of of jim's life filled with all things that jim wanted to pursue then one day god gets a hold of him he's spiritually awakened he used he says to himself what in the world have i been doing there's no substance in my life i really wanted to come for christ i want to live in the power of the spirit i want to make a difference in the world but the locust has eaten half my life i have wasted my years on my on myself many of us feel this way at times when you get born again you ask yourself why didn't i get to know jesus earlier why did i disappoint or why did i backslide why did i go back why did i make why did i live a shallow relationship when you come into the revelation of christ and you understand there's so much depth and there's so much you can get out of get into into christ and for years you have wasted your time because you have been pursuing things that has been vain and things that has been empty and you come to that place and you feel like a germ that says i've wasted my years because i've been spending my years on myself i've been following i've been just trying to satisfy self and many of us has been faced with this countless numbers out of the eight billion people today are having a living the selfish life for self consume to satisfy the self and the time when they come to repentance, they feel, but why have I wasted so many years? Somebody that has been called to full-time minister and to work for God in the mission field, go on to work and work and work. And at a point in their life, they discover they have reached the age of 50 and 60 and they have missed God and they have maybe disappointed God because they were not obedient to God in the time and the season that he called them. And they feel that this is locust years, lost years years that were lost hallelujah years that were wasted there are those years that we call locust years that the locust has eaten or lost years are loveless years a division comes to a family alienating loved ones children grow up and those years cannot be recovered a marriage quietly endures in which love has been burning low for many years you see a couple who are really in love and you say i wish i could be like that or you have not yet met the person you would like to meet it feels like the years are moving on and you can never get them back the locusts have come to eat but i've got we can have great news hallelujah the lost years are always re also known as rebellious years perhaps you grew up with many blessings but in your heart you wanted to rebel you didn't fully understand this urge but you gave yourself to it instead of bringing your pleasure your pleasure rebellion brought you pain now you look back on those years with great regret the years that the locusts has eaten lost years are misdirected years the part you chose in your career or at college was a dead end you just didn't fit often in your mind and sometimes in your conversation you say how did i end up here if only if only i had made that move if only i had taken that opportunity if only i had chosen a different path 
but the moment has passed it's gone you can't get it back you are left with locust years lost years are also christless years all christless years are locust years this point is worth worth thinking for many of us hallelujah when we think about it if you have not made a commitment to christ ask anyone who came to faith in christ later in life and they will tell you that they wished that they could come to christ sooner than what they did how much foolishness foolishness hallelujah would have been avoided how much more good might have been done through these years and these are lost years that many of us have experienced lost years that many of us are moaning and groaning and crying about if only if we could turn back the hands of time and make better decisions if only we could have done this but the locust has eaten these years time cannot be restored your life cannot be turned back there's nothing that you can do about what the locust has eaten then but we're here today to declare that god will restore for the bible says that god will restore is about to do a supernatural work in your life for the bible says i will restore the years that the locust has eaten God says, I will repay. Another translation says, I will compensate. Another translation says, I will make it up to you. Oh, this is good news to us today. Hallelujah. If only we come back with hearts filled with, with, with remorse for our sins and for the times that we have turned our back against God, for the times that we turned away from the Father, from the times that we ran in rebellion and thought that what we were doing was the will of God and we missed the Father. And today God is saying, hallelujah, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten the decisions that we made without prayer and we followed our emotions and not the will of God the times when we were walking the paths of unrighteousness and rebellion and yet we did not understand that we will look back one day and seek those years back but could not recover it at all but today we are here to come and bring you good news that God says I will restore the years that the locust has eaten I will restore I will repay I will compensate you for what the locust has eaten so many translations uh, gives different meanings to this but I love that word when it speaks about restore somebody needs to know this today that God wants to restore God wants to bring back God wants to compensate you for the years hallelujah the devil just thought he has won before today but I'm here to bring you good news that you can you can you can you can you can Moses was 80 years old when God called him to come and deliver the children of Israel you are not yet too old to fulfill your God-ordained plan. You are not yet the end of your life. God is getting ready to begin a good work in your life. And God is getting ready to position you for greatness. Hallelujah. This is your time and your hour to recover that which the enemy has stolen. The time is coming. The Lord is raising you up. And there will be a divine acceleration on your destiny and purpose and plan. What you need to do today is realign and come back in the will of God. And you will recover and restore god will restore and recover that which has been lost in the name of jesus hallelujah to restore the first thing that we need to understand when you come to a place of restoration you have to come to a place of re of repentance god brought these israelites to a place of repentance because one of the curses that came upon israel was god would withhold the rain and withholding the rain meaning there would be no harvest there would be no crops and that was one of the judgments of god was the withholding of the rain and that was the thing that that brought israel to a place that they needed to come back to god because even during this time they used what they harvested for worship and because of this drought they could not now even worship god 
Come on, they could not even worship God because all things were destroyed in their lives. Everything was taken, their harvest was, was taken, their lives was miserable. They were down and they were out. But we thank God that God is merciful. Joel says it earlier in the book, he says, God is merciful and gracious, hallelujah. Great is your mercy toward me, says the songwriter. Your loving kindness, your tender mercies, hallelujah. The psalmist continuously cries out these words in the book of Psalms of God. God's mercy, his tender mercies, his love. Throughout the Bible, we find that the Bible speaks about the graciousness and the mercies and the kindness of God. And we're here today to let you know that God is merciful and kind. Hallelujah. And God wants to restore your life. Maybe you have made some bad decisions. Maybe you have you have ended up in wrong relationships and wrong people. You connected with the wrong. But God is saying today, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten but you need to come to me with repentance hallelujah that god that is what god wants he wants us to repent and once his people have covered as repented or converted to him he will then now con con compensate them for what they have missed all the years because of his discipline this is so amazing to know that god will compensate me for all that i've lost for all the years that I've lost, God will compensate me. The question that you're asking continuously is, how we're going to get there? We're going to get there. Hallelujah. We need to understand that the root of repentance, hallelujah, is that we change our minds. So it is appropriate to say that if, if we repent, God will change his mind. We need to change our mind so that when we repent, God will change his mind. God assures us, hallelujah, that, that God assures the Israelites in this text three times that never again will he act in this way and that they will know him. God assures them. God is assuring us today that if we repent and we say, God, I'm going to follow you with my heart, mind, soul, and strength. God assures you, this will never come your way again. If you follow God with everything that is within you, if you follow God, there will not, there will not be judgments. Yes, you will face trials and tribulation, but you are more than a conqueror. But God will not send the judgment upon you. God will not send these things if we walk in obedience unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember a man, a man that, I, that I met a couple of years ago. He came out of prison. He was for many years in prison or served a good amount of years in prison. But when he came out of prison, that man, God restored his life and he could work. He has a good job. He has a good business, a trade that he discovered while in prison. And then he came out and, and he done this trade. And this guy, in within a short period of time, he could buy his own house. He could buy his own house. Now, many people are were never in prison. But they are paying off bonds for 20 years. He came out of prison and paid up a bond for three years. He paid it up within three years. He paid up his house. Now that is God. When we come to the place where we are right with God, then God will change things in our lives. And God wants to restore our lives. God wants to make our lives whole. Come on, somebody. God does not want to keep the blessings to himself. He's the God who wants to distribute blessings, provided that the conditions are met. Hallelujah. Provided that the conditions are met. He can only give blessings where things happen according to his will. Even a person or a people, when they are stubborn, God, God can cause things to change. God can come and tell you, there's one thing. And one thing I've learned over the years, never pray the prayer, God humble me. 
One thing that you should do, the Bible says, if my people shall, that are called by my name shall pray and humble themselves. We are now in the month of January. Many of us are coming before the Lord with fasting and praying. This is a good time for us to humble ourselves before the Lord. Because as we are humble ourselves before the Lord, God will then expose even our hearts and expose things that are in our lives so that we can come right with God. And in this time of fasting, God will then bring correction and God will then give us instruction and God will read align us hallelujah so we need to come to that place and understand that god wants to align us with his wants to align us and that god wants to bless us hallelujah when we look at also rebelling against god rebelling in itself is also a blessing after rebellious life a person comes to the acknowledgement that god has to judge that rebellious life and this acknowledgement is sufficient for god to give a person a new life and that new life is the life of god himself then god shows how many blessings he has in his heart to give to those who are connected to him through this new life. Therefore, Paul comes in the book of Ephesians and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Oh God, every, my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. Somebody needs to say amen. Everything that has been said and done in our rebellion against God has only done harm. Hallelujah. But conversion can put an end to that. When we look at rebellion, it has only brought harm upon many of our lives. But when we repent and turn to God, God can put an end to this. After Israel's conversion in the future, they will be allowed now to take possession of all promised blessings when they turn unto the lord this this is speaking prophetically in the millennium when they will turn unto god they will receive all blessings but while we are children of god on this side of the grave god has amazing blessings for us let's look at people that god restored number one we look at peter Peter was one who denied Jesus Christ three times. But after his restoration, the Lord restored him and entrusted him the care of the sheep. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And the book, in the book of Acts, on the very day of Pentecost, Peter preached the first message. He preached the first message. After denying Christ, after denying Christ, Peter was restored. It doesn't matter how deep you are in your sin. God will restore you. Man and woman of God, pastor, bishop, apostle, prophet, the teacher. If you just return unto the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, God will restore unto you. Come on, somebody. Peter arose and he became the first preacher at Pentecost. We look at Paul. Hallelujah. He also did. He did it with Paul too. After Paul caused the devastation in the church of Christ and the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. Hallelujah. He made him now after the one who broke the church. He became the builder of the church. Paul has built both in the preaching of the gospel and in the teaching of the doctrines. Hallelujah. Of Jesus Christ look at this a man who destroyed who killed and was there even at the stoning of Stephen God raised him up and he became a mighty man of God it doesn't matter where you are in your life grace will find you mercy will rewrite your life the Bible says David falls into sin with Bathsheba and the Bible says David didn't just lay in his sin after he was found out he confessed his sin he got back up again and we find the book of Psalms written in the book of Psalms 51 we find the 
repentance of David. And David cries out even in that psalm, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And we know that in the Bible, the story speaks about David's, David's restoration. And he became one of the greatest kings that Israel has ever had hallelujah he says restore unto me the joy now one thing that joy when joy is lost that means we have come into sin and we need to return back unto the lord when we lose our joy of our salvation that means because sin is present when sin is present we lose joy and david now says restore unto me the joy of thy salvation david wanted to come right with god and david wanted to experience this kind of restoration we find it in the book of genesis 40 verses 13 the bible speaks about the butler and the baker the bible speaks about how the the the, the butler was restored to his position hallelujah and then he could now put the cup of pharaoh back into the hand of pharaoh may god restore unto you hallelujah the Bible speaks about Job, how Job lost everything in Job chapter 1. But in Job 42, Job chapter 42, Job's story begins to change. And the Bible says, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. God shall restore your fortunes again in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Zechariah 9 and verse 12, I will restore twice as much. Somebody get ready for double restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God is going to restore you in Jesus mighty and majestic name God is gonna restore you God is gonna lift you up God is gonna change your story as we come to the close today we ask this question throughout this teaching how God restores the lost years today we need to take heart there's hope because God can restore your lost locust years he does so we're going to look at three ways on how God can restore these lost years. God can restore lost years by deepening your communion with Christ. The Bible says in Job 2.27, You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God. These people who have endured so much, hallelujah, enjoy a communion with the Lord that is far greater than anything they had ever known before in their lives. Christ can restore the lost years when we deepen our fellowship with him. Why not ask him for this today? Tell him, Lord, I have spent too many years without you. Too many years at a distance from you. Today I draw nigh unto you. Fill my heart with love and gratitude for you. Let the lost years, let the lost and the loss of these years make my love for Christ greater than it would ever have been. Restore to me. To me, the years that the locust has eaten. Let's grow in deeper fellowship with the Lord. Let's grow in deeper communion with Him. There's greater days ahead of you, child of God. Number two, God can restore lost years by multiplying your fruitfulness. He will multiply your fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how late you start. When I look at Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth started at the age of 50. But for 33 or 30 odd years, Smith Wigglesworth became one of the great apostles of faith. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter when you start. But God will multiply fruitfulness in your life. God will multiply. Doesn't matter when you started your business, your ministry. God will bring an explosion. I've seen it in friends' lives of mine. There's a particular friend of mine in, this, in another 
another city, hallelujah, at some age 50 odd years, he built a mega church and God is blessing him extremely in his latter years of his life. I'm telling you, God can do it for you, child of God. God can do it for you. You are not too late. You are not too late. You're not too old. God will accelerate your fruitfulness. God will multiply. The harvest of these people had been wiped out for four years, but God restored that. The locusts had eaten by giving Israel a bumper harvest. This provision makes me think about the parable where Jesus spoke about a harvest that could be 30, 60, or 100 fold. There are huge difference between these three harvests. Three years at 100 fold is much is much fruit as a decade to 30 fold. Why not ask him for this? Oh, Jesus, I received this. I received this. My wife and myself, I tell you, I'm full of faith for this. We are full of faith for this. That in three years, a hundredfold is much more than 30-fold for many years. Lord, the locusts that eaten too many years of our lives, ministry, family, marriage. You have called us as your disciples to bear fruit that will last. Too many fruitless years have now passed. Now, Lord, we ask of you, give us some years now in which more lasting fruit will be born than in all of our years hallelujah, of small and meager harvest. Somebody say amen. Say amen. Bumper harvest is coming your way. God said to Israel, you shall have the former and the latter rain come at the same time. I declared over your life today, child of God, the former and the latter rain is coming. The season of bumper harvest is upon you. The great days are ahead of you. Hallelujah. The lost years will be forgotten years. You will never remember it again. When you look back, you will be a nice, you know, I'm thinking back right now there's a season in my life I've been telling my wife you know that God is about to bring us into a season of abundance and our children will never remember the years when there was lack because the years of abundance will erase the years of lack hallelujah I'm telling you the great days are ahead of us get ready child of God somebody needs to praise God somebody needs to get crazy for God because God is about to do it for you somebody say amen the third thing God can restore lost years by bringing long-term gain from short-term losses. Long-term gain from short-term losses. The effects of these great trials in your life will be that the tested genuineness of your faith may result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. The praise, the glory, and the honor go to Christ because His power guarded you and kept you through the hardest years of your life. Thinking about, about years that the locust has eaten, years that have been eaten, that has been taken away. I think of something Isaiah wrote about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verses 8, He was cut off out of the land of the living. Here was the Lord Jesus in the prime of his life. He was three years into his ministry. At 33 years old, you would think that a man launching a new enterprise at this age of 33 has everything in front of him. But Isaiah says he was cut off. He was cut off because he came under the judgment of God, not for his own sins, but because he had none but for our sins. Our sins, our griefs, our sorrows, were laid upon him. Our judgment fell on him. Our locusts swarmed all over him. The life of God's tender shoot cut him off. Then on the third day, the Son of God rose in the power of an eternal life. He offers himself to you and he says that no one else can ever say, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Glory, 
be to God. Hallelujah. This is how the Lord wants to act in every one of his children's lives. It begins with the removal from our lives of everything that is more important than God. It's time for us to repent and return unto the Lord. We must condemn the things we do not do for him, especially the confession and the forsaking of our sins. For the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 28 verses 13, He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Then we will see that we have access to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. All these treasures are hidden in Christ for us. One of the most amazing things, and I close with this final story, is the story of the prodigal son. Even after he rebelled against his father, went his own way, found himself living amongst the pigs, eating the, the husk of the pigs. The Bible says when he came to his senses, he said to himself, in my father's house, even the servants have enough to eat. And that moment, the son made his way back to the father. And when we look at this picture of the prodigal son, while he was still a distance away, the father was awaiting his return. Today, the father is awaiting you to come back. Today, the father's grace is sufficient to you. Today, the father's grace and his mercy is reaching out to you today. And the Bible says the father gave him new shoes for his feet, a new cloak and a ring for his finger. The father restored him. The father never questioned him about what he did wrong. As long as he came back to the father, ready to become a servant again in the house of God. It's time that we humble ourselves. It's time that we come to the place where we acknowledge we have messed up. We have missed the mark. We have done what was wrong. And we ask the father to forgive us and that God will wash us and cleanse us in his precious blood. Hallelujah. And today that God wants to restore us and make us whole. He wants to replace that ring on our finger. He wants to put that shoes on our feet again. He wants to give us a new garment. But all that we need to do is come to our senses. Why keep running away from God? Why keep staying away from God? It's time to return unto the Lord. In David's situation, he thought he could hide the sin of the pregnancy of Beersheba, but he was found out. Today, may the Holy Spirit convict us because the Bible says he will convict us of sin. And today I pray that the work of the Holy Spirit is that he will convict you of the sin of your heart and that you will return unto God. And in the returning unto God, that your best days are ahead of you. David could become the greatest king Israel ever had, but David had to humble himself in repentance. David was crying before the Lord. David was a man after the heart of God because of his repentance. Peter also acknowledged that he was a sinner. Paul came to a place where he also acknowledged that he was a sinner. And when they did this, God could restore them. Throughout the history of Israel, every time they came with genuine remorse and genuine repentance, God will restore them. And that doesn't make us different today. That if we come with a, with a genuine repentance of heart, acknowledging our sin to the Father, God can restore us too today. There's restoration. There's still room at the cross for you. Heaven's, heaven's riches are waiting, O oh God. 
are. God is waiting to dispense the best of heaven over your life. But what you need to do, come unto Jesus and give him your life today. I pray today that you will walk in this divine restoration. I pray that today you will come to the place where God will now give you that bumper harvest and crops that God will now bless you like you have never I believe that God will bless us like it has we like we have never been in the wrong people will see you in the future and they will be shocked because they know where you were and when they look at you they will not be able to they will not be able to figure it out how did you get from there to here how did you get from that low place to God's high place for your life because many will not even recognize you like Joseph when they saw Joseph they did not recognize him when the blessing of God comes your way, they will not recognize you. God wants to do great things for you. God wants to bless you. God wants you to come, but you need to repent today. Turn unto the Lord. Acknowledge that you missed him, that you were disobedient, that you made hasty decisions, that you made decisions without him, that you did not stop blaming God today. Today even repent of blaming God for some of the things that you've done and your, and your blame shifted people and God and everybody else. But you never sought God for his direction. So today, as you come unto Jesus, and I believe that God will touch your life. I believe that this is the season of restoration. This is the season where God will make you recover all that you have lost. This is a time where God will lift you up again. Child of God, this is the season that the Lord will restore unto you. This is the time when the Lord said unto Israel, Hallelujah, that I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust, my great army which I sent among you. This is the time where the Bible says the Lord said to Israel, I will do great things. This is that season. This is that season that God will do great things. We thank God for who he is and what he has done. We magnify, glorify, and exalt his wonderful name. God is wonderful, majestic, and powerful. May God richly bless you today. Come today, first of all, before we close. I want us today to come in a place where we confess our sins. And we ask God to forgive us. And when you mean this with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, that God will restore unto you everything the locust has eaten. All the years the locust has eaten. Let's say this prayer today. Say, Father, I repent of my sins today. I repent of my rebellion. I repent of my disobedience. I repent that I have been stubborn at times. I ask that you forgive me and that you be merciful unto me. Father, forgive me for not obeying you and for going my own way. When you wanted me to walk upon a certain path, I went my own way. Father, forgive me of secret sins. Forgive me of continuous sins in my life that is causing the locust to eat away my years. Today, Father, I receive your forgiveness. Today, I receive the cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you wash me and cleanse me from all my sin, all my transgression, all my iniquity. And I cry out as David today, creating me a clean heart, Lord, and renew a right spirit within me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you have said this prayer and you have meant it, today is a day of new beginning. Today, the Lord shall do great things in your life. 
Amen and amen. God bless you.